0: Hello, this is David Nakao Wilcoxon. This audio is from a Revelation Timeline Decoded YouTube video series that I made in 2021. The videos were very low-tech, mostly me reading what's on the screen, so you're not missing much in the audio version. The Revelation layers chart and summary PDFs that I refer to in the videos can be found at www.revelationtimelinedecoded.com. Enjoy the lesson. Hello Set-Apart Saints, this is David. In this video, I'm going to talk about the harvest and the judgment of Revelation 14. Let's look at the Revelation fulfillment chart to see where we're at on the fulfillment timeline. If you don't have a copy of that, I'll put a link in the description. When you look at the chart, you look at the first layer, and it describes three different phases of the Roman beast kingdom and its leaders. So it's talking about the Roman emperors, the Antichrist beast popes, and the false prophet Jesuit superior generals. The second layer is the chronological narrative of the seven church eras, which span from the first century until Messiah returns. And the third layer is made up of the various prophecies in Revelation, seals, trumpets, bowls, little book, two witnesses, which overlay the other two layers. First four trumpet judgments point to armies being sent against the pagan Roman Empire. The first woe judgment was fulfilled during the fifth trumpet, when the Muslims were sent to attack apostate Orthodox Christians in the Central Roman Empire. The second woe judgment was fulfilled during the sixth trumpet, when the Turks were sent to attack the apostate Orthodox Christians in the Eastern Roman Empire. The third woe judgment is fulfilled during the seventh trumpet, starting a sequence of seven vile judgments which are poured out against the Antichrist beast pope and Catholics who revere and obey the Antichrist beast pope. The popes used Catholics to kill tens of millions of saints, and they still practice apostate Roman Christianity and have not repented, so judgment awaits them. Revelation 9 points to the Turks attacking the Eastern Roman Empire in Constantinople, which caused Greek priests to take the scriptures to Western Europe. Revelation 10 told the saints that they would enter a time of proclaiming the gospel again as they had been given the scriptures, the little book of Revelation 10. Revelation 10:11 to 12 says, And I took the book out of the angel's hands, and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, and nations, and tongues, and kings. The printed Bible is sweet because it provides oil for the saints during the Protestant Reformation. And this is after the Dark Ages when the scriptures were banned and burned by the popes. It's bitter because it brought more persecution against the saints as the Jesuits were empowered To counter the Reformation, with their cruel inquisition and massacres. Revelation eleven proclaimed that the saints would come back to life after being deemed as dead, and they were called the witness against the Antichrist Beast Pope and their false gospel message. Revelation eleven told the saints to measure what the popes taught against the scriptures, so measure the temple, and they determined that the Roman Catholic Church is an apostate church that is not part of the true Ecclesia, not part of the true church, and they came out of her. The reformation was effectively the republication of the gospel. Revelation 11.15 says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. This seems like an end times event, but the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ may be better translated as, Are becoming as it's a process. Protestant saints took control of the kingdoms that the popes had controlled, so the Father and Messiah are glorified in this victory. The saints are supposed to keep protesting against the Antichrist beast pope and the false salvation of his church to set the captives free. This is how you take control of countries, not politically, but spiritually. The Catholic nation saw the two witnesses, the Scriptures and the saints, come back to life and take back control of the nations. Catholics had obeyed the Antichrist Beast Pope in killing the saints and burning the scriptures, and they could sense that their judgment was at hand. Messiah heralded the Reformation, as it could only have been led by the direct intervention of divine providence, because nothing could have been less likely to succeed by human agency alone because the Beast Popes were so effective at silencing the witnesses. In previous videos, you've seen the fulfillment of Revelation 5 through 11. Revelation 12 to 13 is about the different phases of the Roman beast kingdom. So Revelation 14 picks up the chronological narrative after Revelation 11. After the Dark Ages, when the Antichrist beast popes banned and burned the scriptures, the little book of Revelation 10, the printed Bible, was put into the saints' hands. They measured the temple in Revelation 11 when they compared what the popes teach against scripture and found that the Roman Catholic Church is an apostate church, the harlot church of Revelation 17 and deemed it as a Gentile church that's delegated to the outer court of the temple of Yah, the Heavenly Father. The two witnesses of Revelation 11, the Scriptures and the Saints, were persecuted so relentlessly during the Dark Ages that they were deemed as dead in 1514 at a Catholic council. Then exactly three and a half years later, Martin Luther posted his 95 Thesis on October 31st, 1517, which sparked the Protestant Reformation and brought the saints back to life. The saints now have the oil of the scriptures in their hands, and they've been commanded to shine the light of the gospel again to the nations of the Roman Empire. Next on the chronological layer of this narrative is Revelation 14. Again, most people associate the harvest of the earth in Revelation 14 with Messiah's return. But when you understand the proper context, you see that it's pointing to the harvest of the Protestant Reformation and the judgment of those who revere and obey the Antichrist beast pope in killing the saints during the inquisition and persecution of the Jesuit army. Revelation fourteen sixty seven says, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Recall that the word angel can point to an earthly messenger, a passer, this passage describes the Protestant reformers who proclaimed the gospel of the little book of Revelation ten. The Protestant Reformation reaped a great harvest for Yah's kingdom as millions of people came out of Rome's harlot church. This led to the witness of worldwide missions and Bible societies, and millions of people were redeemed for the kingdom. Every nation and kindred and tongue and people is the domain of the Antichrist beast popes. We see that proved out in Revelation thirteen seven, which says and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. It's pointing to the gospel being priests again in the European countries of the Pope's domain. Since the Protestant Reformation, the everlasting gospel has been broadcast and published throughout the world. Revelation 14:8 through 11 says, And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. So in Revelation, there are two separate contexts to the mark of the beast. The first is referenced in Revelation 14 to 16, which applied to the people in the Antichrist beast pope controlled countries of France and Spain and other countries, who revered mark on the forehead and obeyed mark on the right hand actions, the Antichrist beast popes, and they killed the saints. They felt the wrath of Yah the Heavenly Father during the vile judgments, which were poured out on those countries. The second fulfillment is referenced in Revelation 13 and 19, and it applies to the end times, One World Government, which we'll cover in another video. Revelation 14 is pointing to the Catholic countries who revered and obeyed the Antichrist beast pope's command to kill the saints during the Counter-Reformation. They are judged as part of the great winepress of the wrath of Yah during the vile judgments. The Protestant reformers proclaimed that the office of the papacy, the popes of Rome, fulfilled Bible prophecy as the little horn of Daniel 7, the son of perdition of Second Thessalonians 2, and the Antichrist beast of Revelation. They proclaimed that the Pope's harlot church was Mystery, Babylon the Great, who had made the nations drunk with her sorcery. The Roman Catholic Church responded with the Council of Trent in the 16th century, when they empowered the Society of Jesus to bring the Protestants back under their control. They implemented the Inquisition to torture and kill the Protestants. The popes caused the leaders of countries such as France and Spain to persecute the saints. Joseph Benson's commentary on Revelation in the 19th century says, By Babylon is meant Rome, including the Antichrist kingdom, the papal hierarchy seated there. Her fornication is her idolatry, invocation of saints and angels, worship of images, human traditions, with all that outward pomp, yea, and that fierce and bloody zeal wherewith she pretends to serve God. But as Bishop Newton observes, though Rome with the anti Christian power above described, was evidently here intended, it would not have been prudent to predict or denounce its destruction in open and direct terms. It was for many wise reasons done thus covertly under the name of Babylon, the great idolatrous of the earth, and the enemy of the people of God in former times. If any man worship the beast, that is embrace and profess the religion of the beast, and what is the same? The religion of the papal hierarchy. Revelation fourteen, twelve to 13 is describing the saints who are killed during the Inquisition. It says, here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commands of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write. blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. This directly relates to the little book, Bringing Bitterness, as the Antichrist Beast Popes were in a rage because the scriptures were being proclaimed to the masses, so they empowered the Society of Jesus' army to counter the Reformation. Even when faced with persecution, torture, and death, the set-apart saints kept the faith. They didn't follow the teachings of the popes of Rome, but rather, they followed the commands of scripture. France was known as the eldest son of the papacy, who had the mark of the beast as they revered, mark on the forehead, the Pope, and obeyed, mark on the right hand, actions, his commands to persecute and kill the saints. From 1540 to 1570, Papal Rome sent army after army of Roman Catholic soldiers into southern France and surrounding areas to try to exterminate the Waldensian, Bible-believing Christians. These Roman Catholic armies butchered up to 900,000 Waldensian Christians, men, women, and children during those 30 years monks and priests dressed in holy garments directed with heartless cruelty and inhumane brutality the work of torturing and burning alive innocent men and women and doing it in the name of christ by the direct order of the vicar of christ the pope in 1572 roman catholic soldiers butchered upwards of one hundred thousand french protestants the huguenots during the saint bartholomew's day massacre that started in paris the roman catholic king of france had cleverly arranged the marriage between his sister an admiral colony the chief protestant leader there was a great feast with much celebrating after four days of feasting the soldiers were given a signal at midnight all the houses of the protestants in the city were forced open at once the admiral was killed his body thrown out of a window into the street where his head was cut off and sent first to the roman catholic cardinal of lorraine and then on to the antichrist peace pope in the first three days over ten thousand were killed the bodies were thrown into the river, and blood ran through the streets into the river until it appeared like a stream of blood. From Paris, the destruction spread to all parts of the country. Very few Protestants escaped the fury of the Roman Catholic Church persecutors. At Orleans, a 1,000 were slain of men, women, and children, and 6,000 at Rouen. At Meldith, 200 were put into prison and later brought out by units and cruelly murdered. At Lyons, 800 were massacred. At August Sabona, on the people hearing of the massacre at Paris, They shut their gates that no Protestants might escape. They searched diligently for every individual of the Reformed Church, imprisoned them, and then barbarously murdered them. Upon hearing of the bloodshed in Paris, Pope Gregory XI celebrated by celebrating a jubilee day of public thanksgiving. He had a coin made to commemorate the Saint Bartholomew's Day Massacre, which shows an angel symbolizing the harlot Roman Catholic Church holding a cross and a sword, slaying the Huguenot saints. And you see that here. So here's Pope Gregory. Here's an angel holding a cross. She, that's representing the Roman Catholic Church. She's got a sword in her hand and you see dead people here at her feet, dead people here. She's persecuting the saints and Messiah and they celebrated this with a coin. It represents the Roman Catholic Church as an avenging angel slaying the heretics, offering them the alternative of crucifix or the sword. The dead lie all around the feet of the blood drunk slayer. Subsequently, Pope Gregory Thirteenth commissioned a mural by Giorgio Vasari to hang in the Vatican depicting the wondrous St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre. The king also commanded the day to be kept with every demonstration of joy, concluding that the Huguenots' whole race was extinct. You can Google images of St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre and see the story. In 1685, the Roman Catholic French King Louis XIV, at the urging of his father-confessor, Jesuit priest Pere Chase, Revoked the Edict of Nantes that had granted religious liberty to the Protestants. The king then ordered his murderous dragoons to persecute the French Protestant Huguenots. They took their children and put them in Catholic schools. They confiscated their property. They demolished their churches. The French soldiers lodged in the Huguenots' houses and used them as horse stables. They raped the women and imprisoned them in convents. They made the men to be galley slaves. They burned their Bibles. 500,000 innocent Protestants were killed. The Huguenots' prayers cried out for vengeance. Here's a coin that King the XIV had struck, which says extinguish heresies, marking the revocation of the Edict of Nantes, causing the saints to be persecuted. So here's the king. It features a lady, the Roman Catholic Church, with a cross in her hand. Everything she does, she says she does for the faith, for Messiah. And she's seeking to eliminate the witnesses against them. So here we see a saint, and even looks like scriptures in their hands. So here's the saints. Here's the scriptures. Here's the Roman Catholic Church, the woman. As described in Revelation seventeen, she has got a cross in her hand. Here is a sixteen eighty six French medal marking the Huguenots destruction in which the pope is wearing his three-tiered tiara. The pope is holding two keys in his hand, declaring his authority in heaven and earth, and three arrows in his right hand, signifying his thunderbolt bulls. A society of Jesus priests is holding a scroll, no doubt their constitutions, which lay out their plan to bring the protestants back under the pope's power. There is a French horseman with a sword, leading saints to their death, a woman hanging from a scaffold, Dead saints on the ground with animals eating their bodies and a crowd of priests looking on. There is no mistaking who is the Antichrist beast. In each parish, the Popish French governors declared that the king would no longer suffer any Huguenots, French Protestants, in his kingdom. That they had to change their religion and become Catholic, either freely or by force. The Protestants replied that they were ready to sacrifice their lives and estates to the king. But their consciences, being gods, they could not so dispose of them. Instantly, the troops seized the gates and avenues of the cities and placing guards in all the passages entered with the sword in hand, crying, die or beat Catholics. And they practiced every wickedness and horror they could devise to force them to change their religion. There are many stories of the saints being killed, which you can read in Fox's Book of Martyrs. In History Unveiling Prophecy, Henry Grattan Guinness says, Meanwhile, back in Paris, the king of France and his court spent their time drinking, reveling, and carousing. The court spiritual advisor, a Jesuit priest, urged them to massacre the Protestants as penance for their many sins. To catch the Christians off guard, every token of peace, friendship, and ecumenical goodwill was offered— suddenly without warning the devilish work commenced beginning at paris the french soldiers and the roman catholic clergy fell upon the unarmed people and blood flowed like a river throughout the entire country men women and children fell in heaps before the mobs and bloodthirsty troops in one week almost one hundred thousand protestants perished the rivers of france were so filled with corpses that for many months no fish were eaten in the valley of Loire, wolves came down from the hills to feed upon the decaying bodies of frenchmen the list of massacres was as endless as the list of the dead Many were imprisoned, many sent as slaves to row the king's ships, and some were able to escape to other countries. The massacres continued for centuries. The best and brightest people fled to Germany, Switzerland, England, Ireland, and eventually America, and brought their incomparable manufacturing skills with them. France was ruined. You can see why judgment was warranted against the Catholics, who revered and obeyed the Antichrist's popes in killing the saints. Revelation fourteen fourteen to 16 says, And I looked and beheld the white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud, thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Recall that Messiah, the son of man, put the scriptures into the saints' hands during this time, so that they could see who is the son of perdition, the Antichrist, beast, the enemy of Messiah and his saints. The harvest of souls out of the Roman Catholic Church was great, leading to the Pope's power being reduced. Catholics were starved for scriptural truth, as the papal church priests taught in Latin. When Martin Luther and the Protestant reformers preached the pure gospel, millions were reaped into Yah, the Heavenly Father's harvest. Now Messiah, our crown king, is reaping souls for his kingdom throughout the Protestant Reformation. Revelation fourteen seventeen to 20 says, And another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud voice to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in the sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city and blood came out of the winepress Even unto the horse's bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. This symbolizes the judgment of the Antichrist beast Pope and those who revere and obey the Antichrist beast Pope during the upcoming vile judgments. Without the city, points to those outside of Holy Jerusalem whose citizens are Messiah saints. Recall that in Revelation eleven one to two, the reformers compared what the popes teach against Scripture, and they determined that the Roman Catholic Church is not part of the true temple of Yah, the Heavenly Father. Thus, they are not citizens of Holy Jerusalem, but are Gentiles who are delegated to the outer court of the temple. It is the holy city, Holy Jerusalem, which the great city of the Roman beast kingdom tread under during the Dark Ages and Inquisition. In Revelation, Messiah gives the narrative of two cities, the great city of Rome, which is empowered by Satan and his leader, the Antichrist beast pope, to fight against Holy Jerusalem, which is the ecclesia of Messiah Saints. The sharp sickle in this verse represents the coming vile judgments of Revelation 16 against Catholics in France, Spain, and to the office of the papacy. So, judgments coming against those people who had persecuted Messiah Saints. They had revered, mark on their forehead, and obeyed, mark on their right hand, actions, the Antichrist beast pope in persecuting the saints so judgment was coming upon them joseph benson's commentary on revelation in the 19th century says the stage where this bloody tragedy is acted is without the city by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs which as mr meade ingenuously observes is the measure of the state of the roman church or saint peter's patrimony which reaching from the walls of rome unto the river po and the marshes of Verona contain this space of 200 Italian miles, which makes exactly 1,600 furlongs. The time of God's vengeance, his appointed time, is fully come, for the iniquities of the inhabitants of the earth have made them fully ripe for destruction. The popes of Rome, the kings who revered and obeyed him, and the Catholics who carried out his orders to kill the saints, all deserve punishment. In the vile judgments, our Messiah faithfully answers the saints' prayers for vengeance to be poured out on those who had persecuted them. We see the narrative continued in Revelation 15one 1-4. It says, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Seven angels have the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw it as a work, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark. And over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. In the next video, I'll talk about the rise of the Jesuit army, who has been used to fight against Messiah Saints and bring the Protestants into allegiance with the Pope again. Thank you for listening to this Revelation Timeline Decoded audio. You can request a free copy of the Revelation Timeline Decoded summary PDF, or order a printed copy of the book, which explains it in detail, at revelationtimelinedecoded.com. Love y'all. Shalom.